Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Well, John DeCryder, welcome back to Resiliency. I, Thank you. It's great to be back with you, Steve. Yeah, I don't know how long ago we interviewed you, but I do know that on July 1st, we uh, posted the episode of you introducing Alongside. And just real quickly, I don't want to butcher it, so why don't you just quickly remind guests, all right, who is John and what does he do? So tell us what you're doing up there in Michigan. Sure. Uh, my, my name is John DeCryder. I'm the executive director of a ministry called Alongside. And as the name suggests, we come alongside men and women and children in ministry um, when they find themselves in a difficult place, either uh, personally or professionally. And uh, we restore them. And bring, we do through, primarily through our renewal and growth retreats, where it's an intensive counseling process. They come, spend three weeks with us, and we help bring restore restoration to them. Love it, love it. I if you if you had a dollar for every time I mention alongside, either the longing for somebody to be able to go to it, or just saying this is the foremost counseling place that I know of, then you you would uh, you'd be getting a bonus this year. Oh wow! Well, I commend you, you for that. We we really do appreciate it, and we're so grateful for. We we meet some tremendous people uh, here. Many have been from Antioch and. Uh, it's 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 a privilege and a blessing for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get to the subject of the day. Um, some of our folks along the way uh, just spoke so highly of of your teaching at alongside during the intensives on Sabbath, and um, I'm I'm excited about this because I need to keep growing in it. You know, I've read. Uh, I've read books on Sabbath. I've sought to implement practices of the Sabbath in my own life. And then I find myself going, I'm, I still don't feel like I'm, <laughs> I've got this thing down. I don't know that any of us do, but the word of God uh, is clear about it. God's clear. In fact, uh, I was just thinking about this, John, you know, God rested on the seventh day of creation and he established the necessity of rest into kind of the warp and the woof of, of the world and of our existence as mankind and then he made remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy one of the most important commandments that he's ever shared with us or, or told us. And then Jesus says, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. So, John, can you take this subject that you uh, probably could teach for hours on uh, up at alongside and talk to us about and, and just give us today in a nutshell what the essentials are uh, for us as new covenant followers of Jesus to observing the Sabbath. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, it, it's it surprisingly is very tricky uh, to do. Uh, and I wonder if one of the reasons for that is uh, we think of Sabbath as something as a, some sort of formula or something that we can master or something we can arrive at when in its very core Sabbath is relationship. And I will never say that I've arrived as a husband or a father or a friend 
you know, I'm becoming and I'm learning to be a better husband, a better father, a better friend. And I think the same way as with Sabbath, it's, it's relationship with the Lord. And that's going to be a forever long process. And so as we're learning to go along, if we were to look at one thing that I think Christian leaders universally would be really hard to say, but it, most Christian leaders that I come across, we're awful at Sabbath. Yeah, that we we are just terrible. I mean, yeah. and, and honestly, it's one of the top ten. It's one of God's top ten. Uh, it's one of the ten commandments is to to keep the Sabbath. But this is really the only one that we kind of take a pass at. And, oh, that's not maybe doesn't apply to me. And I think it's interesting, Steve, you bring up that the, the Lord rested on the seventh day, which is true. But if you look at from Adam's perspective, what was Adam's first day or first full day? And it was Sabbath. It was rest. And I think there's something significant in that that we need to consider when we're talking about Sabbath is that we, we work out of our rest, not rest from our work. And there's a big difference there. Yeah. When I look at Sabbath, the Sabbath is my very first day of the week. It's the day that I learn what the kingdom is all about. And it's out of that rest with the Lord. That's what I have to bring to people that I get to care for this week. Mm. It's a very different way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it's been very significant for my family and I as we've learned how to Sabbath. That's great. I love that. Um so why, why do you think it was so important to God for his people to take a Sabbath uh, every week, so much so that the crime for breaking the Sabbath was death in the Old Testament? Which we don't like to talk about, right? I mean, that's, that's a, it's, a, it's a crazy idea, um, but it's, it's there. So what, what, I'm not God. I don't get to write the Bible. I just need to try to learn what it says and try to apply that. Um, if you think about who was Israel before uh, we get to the Exodus story, and, and just out of just to give them a little bit of slack, they were in Egypt for 430 years. I mean, for uh, those of us that are Americans, that's like Plymouth Rock to us. That's a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and scripture wasn't written down yet. So I, I think we need to give them a little bit of slack. But, but notice that you have the Exodus. Why is that such a significant story? Because it's God introducing himself. This is who he is. This is who you are. And we learn, start to learn what that relationship looks like. Uh, so you have the, 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 the Exodus, the plagues, the Mount Sinai. You have the wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And at the very, you know, Joshua going into the land finally. And, you know, what, what was Israel noted for? Who were they? Well, they were slaves. What are slaves noted for? For their work. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the very end of Joshua's life, he, 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 he says this, this, his final goodbye speech, choose you this day whom you'll serve, but as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. I mean, this is, I see this on many people's homes. They have it in their offices, and this is kind of their mantra. Mm-hmm. But, but if you look at the context of that verse, we've cherry-picked that verse, if you look at the whole thing, it says, throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt and mm-hmm. serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose you this day whom you're going to serve, whether the gods your ancestors served or in the land you're living. But it's for me, my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Egyptian gods, these kids didn't even live in Egypt. What What was this about, about, about uh, worshiping these other gods? Well, 
they're known for what they do, but, but how many of us, we make our identity in what we do. Mm. And I believe the, why the Sabbath is so central and consequently so incredibly difficult to do is because we, we, we want to be known for our accomplishments, what we can handle. This, this comes back to the very core original sin with the, with the, with the evil one in the, in the garden. Yeah. You can be like God. And so now it's this, this, this debate between recognizing that God is God and he's on his throne and I am not. And it, 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 this is a big battle. It didn't take that long for God to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took a long time to get Egypt out of Israel. Yeah. Because I want to be known for what I do. What, what's the second question that we ask somebody when we meet them? Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? But recognize that when I, when I, when I, in the ministries in which we are, what I do is not your, not my identity. It's Steve. That's not your identity. It's not your listeners' identity. If you look through, all throughout Scripture, John fifteen, I'm a friend of Jesus. Second Corinthians, I'm a new creation. Romans three, I'm redeemed. Mm. Galatians five, an heir to the Most High, complete in Christ. Colossians two, a child of God, holy and righteous. Ephesians four, you see all these promises throughout Scripture of who God, who we are in Christ. That's what I bring into the room, not. Yeah. Not, not the executive director of alongside. Right. And I think the right is so important for us to keep Sabbath is God needs to remind me on a weekly basis that the value that I have is who I am in him, not what I do to serve him. Because this is where burnout comes from. There is no end to what I can keep doing. If my value and my worth is what I do, I'll just keep going. Right. But if I sit back and recognize, no, my value, my worth is who I am. Now it makes all sorts of things fall better into place. I might lose my job. I might lose my place where I get to serve. I might lose all these different things. If that's who I am, that's going to hurt a lot. But if that's only a part of who I am, it's a component that makes those transitions and difficulties in life a whole lot easier. That's great. So sounds like at least one great exercise to say, I'm committed to this every, every Sabbath is I'm going to really think about who God is and just think about the wonder of God and, and, and fix my eyes on Jesus and, and marvel at him and meditate on him and worship him. And secondly, I'm also going to think very, uh, look very closely into who God says I am and where I get my identity from coming completely from him and what scripture says about me. So that before we get too far ahead of ourselves here, uh, fundamentally, how do you define Sabbath? I want to make sure that we're all on, you know, on the same page as far as what does it mean to Sabbath? Some people are thinking, well, just, just sleep more or whatever it may be, but what, what's right. what is Sabbath? Yeah. Sabbath. And, and here's where I might frustrate some of your listeners. Sabbath is not a formula. A plus B does not equal Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so there is not going to be one single, I, I would, suggest that every one of your listeners uh, listening in today, Sabbath is going to look differently for each one of us yep. because we're different. We're wired different. Um, I think this is where grace comes in. I get all kinds of, it, it goes beyond the purview of this 30 minute conversation, but as far as, well, this is the old covenant. This is the new covenant. We, we, that's, that's for another day, but we, we can look at that. Um, yeah, Sabbath is, well, your, your, your intro, Sabbath is, is a day that is holy. 
What is holy? Holy just simply means set apart. By the way, Sabbath was the first thing declared holy in Scripture. Mm. Sabbath is just simply set apart. How are we going to set apart a day? And I think that needs to be something that all your listeners need to have when considering Sabbath. Lord, what does Sabbath look like for me and you? What does Sabbath look like for my family? It is going to look differently. Uh, I would suggest that for most of your listeners, Sabbath should not be Sunday. Hmm. For most of us in ministry, Sabbath is our, our Sunday is our busiest day of the week. Yeah. Well, no wonder why we fail at Sabbathing well when we pick our busiest day of the week and attempt to make that Sabbath. That's just crazy. Pick another day. I'm not so sure. I could be wrong. I'm not so sure that the actual day of the week matters. If I look at Scripture, I think we've moved it anyway. I don't see anywhere in Scripture that says to move Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Huh. Yeah. We've already moved it. Move it again. Pick a day that works well for you, but I think it needs to be a consistent thing. And I think you need to build some traditions and you need to build some uh, some practices into it that work for you. Well, on that note, tell us about your own journey in learning the value of Sabbath and uh, why has this become such a valued topic to you? Maybe some like, what do the what have the decriders built in? I don't say that so that people can find, oh, there's the formula that John just shared us. But sometimes people need just to have ideas that seed their mind uh, for how to maybe, uh, yeah, just it, like you say, deepen relationship very intentionally with, with God, you know? Yeah. So uh, one thing that we have done that makes an enormous difference, um, you know, the question that I ask uh, people at alongside, when does the Sabbath day begin? I'm not getting into day of the week, but when does it actually begin? And eventually we'll get around to all well, begins at sundown. Well, why sundown? Uh, well, that's that's what the Jews do. Okay, why do the Jews do that? Well, if you look at the creation account, it was evening and morning on the first day. There was evening and morning on the second day. Whatever day you choose to make Sabbath, start it the night before. Hmm. Uh, it, why, why is that? Uh, well, it, it just makes an enormous difference. For the longest time, I was, we were keeping a Sabbath day, and so... We're going we're gonna to do that. So I would stay up later and later and later because as soon as I go to bed uh, and when I wake up, well, Sabbath has begun and I can't go to bed yet because it's not done and it's all about getting it done. Mm. And so I'd stay up later and later and later. And guess what? My kids don't care what time dad went to bed last night. They're getting up at six. <laughs> and so I spent half my day draggy, not able to, uh, I'm in a zombie state for the day. Well, I can't hear the Lord. I can't. I'm not at a, at a position where I can accept or receive anything from him. So we started doing it. And actually, we start Sabbath the night before at dinner time. Uh, we make dinner time the night before. That's when Sabbath begins for us. And uh, it's amazing that we go to bed earlier that night because it's not, we don't go to bed when the adrenaline wears off. We go to bed, we're listening to our bodies and saying, hey, we're, we're just tired. We're going we're gonna to turn in early tonight. And uh, it, it's amazing how that sets up. And so when I wake up the next morning, I'm joining, joining the Lord already in the Sabbath. Sabbath has already been occurring. Mm. And that has been a game changer for us. That's a great, uh, that alone is, uh, sets the pace. We always say the, you know, what's the first thing you do to, to have quality time with Jesus every morning? Well, it starts the night before. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so why is it so hard for us, John? I mean, why is it so hard? Why you said like we in ministry, we're terrible at this, you know, uh, 
what, what, why can't we keep a day holy and, and make it, you know, uh, a day of Sabbath? Yeah, I, I think it, again, it comes back to that whole original sin. I want, I want to be God. I want to be in that place. And, and by taking a Sabbath, we're acknowledging the world does not revolve around me. Uh, isn't it a fear that's in the back of, uh, at least my mind, uh, hey, if I take a full day off, are, is my team going to realize that I'm not required for everything anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, we'd like to think that the, the, the ministry, the world, my church, whatever it is, can't survive without me. And we recognize if we take a full 24-hour periods off and we get away and, and model that, um, the church does just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you think about it for that for just about 30 seconds that the creator sustainer of the universe needs you or me for anything. Mm-hmm. You realize how laughable that is, but yeah. yet by our not taking a Sabbath and not trusting him in this, um, that's kind of what we're saying. I, I'm required Lord for your work to be done in this place. And, and that is just so faulty and wrong. And no wonder why we get ourselves into trouble when we, when we think of it in that way. Yeah. It, it places God back on his throne. It's ultimately about trust. Do yeah. I trust that God's got this? Do I trust that if I'm obedient to him in this area, things will, he, he will sustain it. John, on this note, just thinking about you, your own personal journey, are you able to, do you have a personal testimony of, you know, Steve, this was kind of life for me pre really remembering the Sabbath and here it is after like, what is your own testimony? What difference has it made in your life to be more mindful of this, of this deeper level of trust? Yeah. First of all, I guess I got to start off with my own background and I think maybe this is why we come at it in such resistance. If I were to define what Sabbath was, we've now been practicing Sabbath in a very different way for probably 12 years now, but before then, define Sabbath in a word, it would be don't. Uh, I grew up in a home that we don't play sports. We don't watch sports. We don't watch TV. We don't, 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 don't. We can nap. Okay. <laughs> to a 12-year-old boy, that's a big deal. Um, now Sabbath has become, I get to do these things. I get to spend time, more time with my family. I get to spend extended time with the Lord. In, in, and I work at things within my Sabbath that I, that I enjoy. I mean, what are things that really refuel you, that restore you, that bring you life? Look for doing those things on the Sabbath. Mm. Um, if you look at, I'll hedge it, almost every time Jesus has an argument with the Pharisees, it's, it's over this concept of Sabbath. But note that he's n- never at any point did he say you should not take a Sabbath, but rather he was, he was tweaking them and how they were choosing to Sabbath. They made it about a bunch of rules. It cannot be about a bunch of rules. But it's rather, here's a bunch of principles that we can pull out, and how does this play into my life? If you look at what Jesus did on the Sabbath, he's healing uh, what is healing? It's restoration. The, Jesus did not create that man, man with a withered hand. He did not create the cripple. He did not. That's not the way the world was supposed to be. And you see Jesus restoring life back to these men and women on the Sabbath. And I believe that is what the Sabbath is all about. It is restoring you and me. And it's recognizing, bringing us back to God is on his throne. I am not on the throne. And I am just to sit and abide and to be and enjoy his presence on this day. And it's to cease. It's to stop. 
And, um, and I think when you make Sabbath about looking at and implementing things into your particular Sabbath day that bring you life, mm-hmm. you won't, you, you will can't wait for the next Sabbath to come. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I think as we look at Sabbath, it's, it's a, um, well, for example, John 15, uh, your listeners will recognize it right away as a passage of the vine and the branches, but it's, it's, I believe that's a Sabbath passage. I think Sabbath is how we become more fruitful. Uh, we are, we're allowing the vine dress. You, you know, you would read through that scripture and I would encourage your listeners to read it out loud after they're done uh, listening to this, how often abide shows up. And I like abide better than remain. Abide is, it's, is it an active or passive word? I think it can be both, right? I mean, you're, and, and I define abide as purposely choosing to be. I, I, I'm making an active choice, but in the end, I'm just simply being. And, and what is the Lord doing in that time of abiding? I believe that's where he prunes us. He, bring, he calls things to mind of, John, that, that's, that's not how you should have responded to that person yesterday. Uh, John, that, that was a wrong approach to that or he 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 lovingly prunes in in maybe good and bad things the lord prunes both i think for many of us we get so involved with these leaf bearing activities that's not the purpose of the vine from a distance a vine looks really healthy and beautiful but if you get close there's no fruit on it why because there's too many leaves and a vine dresser knows that he has to keep trimming off those leaves so that it would bear more fruit and i believe that's in a nutshell, is what Sabbath is for. We need to learn what the kingdom is. How can I bring the kingdom if I don't even know what it looks like? And that's what the Lord is doing in that time of Sabbath. Mm. I have a quote from Dr. Alicia Brett Cole, uh, and actually in a teaching that she did on, on Sabbath, and she says this, rest is more than a reward for faithfulness, but rather it is a prerequisite for fruitfulness. Oh, I think she is so spot on. That's good. This is how we will become more fruitful. And it's so counterintuitive, but the kingdom is counterintuitive anyway. So it just ties into that. Are there any other ways that you guys at Alongside encourage people to become better at being Sabbath keepers, whether that be practices or whether that be mindsets? Yeah, absolutely do. Uh, We teach this midway through the program, uh, which gives them at least one weekend to practice it, to try it. Um, Their schedules are so different when they come here. The weekends are totally open, so they have great freedom in that. Um, But we, yeah, help them and give them tools to go be alone, spend some time with the Lord. One of it is just asking the question, what does Sabbath look like for you? Uh, as, as it will look different for each one of us. Um, and, and to spell that out, if they're married, to spend time with their spouse, kind of working through that. Uh, what are some things we are are, are not going to do on the Sabbath? Um, for example, for, for me, just real briefly, uh, I believe that we need to rest. And what are things that we need a Sabbath from? We need to, sab- we need to rest from work, which is obviously fairly pretty practical. But I think what makes it a little tricky for those of us in ministry to define what is work mm-hmm. for most of us, that's a little squishy. Um, you know, my, my, my grandfathers, uh, were in business. One was a garbage man. One was, uh, owned a hardware store. It was very clear when they were working. 
I can get work delivered to me on my cell phone on the beach. I could be hanging out with my kids at the beach and I can get an, an email or a text or something on my phone. And now I'm pulled right back into work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly encourage people to just turn off screens, to not do email, to not, most of my work has something to do with email. I just make it a practice. We don't do screens. Uh, we, we, we pull away from our phones. We need to be set apart. We need to look for ways to, to make that differently which that, that makes it tricky. That makes it hard. We also need, uh, the scripture also says, do not light a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Oh, uh, okay. What does that mean? Uh, well, you could look at some practical ways for this, but, but what's been really helpful for, to me, a lot of rabbis today will say, do not light the fires of righteous indignation on the Sabbath. And to me, that speaks what, what are those conversations that I need to not have on the Sabbath day? We don't talk about work in my house on the Sabbath day. We don't talk about politics, which is challenging right now. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about all, all, all what, what are those hot buttons? What, what is the conversation that you are having with your spouse right now that you've gone around and around and around and around? And that's not a conversation for the Sabbath day. You need a Sabbath from that conversation. That's been extremely helpful. Um, and then third, I would encourage people, this gets at my legalistic background, so I, I, I bristle at this, but I think it's helpful, uh, do not buy and sell on the Sabbath. If you look at Nehemiah, uh, when Ezra and Nehemiah is rubble, these guys came back from Babylonian exile. They determined we're not going to buy and sell on the Sabbath. Why? Uh, you need a break from those things. You need to set apart a day, and they just determined that this is what we're not going to do. Marketing is all about your life is empty until you buy whatever I'm trying to sell you. Mm. And, and we need to pull out of that. Uh, Abraham Herschel, he's a non-completed Jew, but he wrote in his books on Sabbath, he writes as Sabbath is a sanctuary in time. I love that. How are you creating a sanctuary in time? We're in the world. We're not of the world. How do I push the world back? And I think these three, three ideas will help push the world back and create that sanctuary in time uh, so that I can hear what the Lord has for me on this day. So good, John. We kind of uh, know when we had 30 minutes to work with, we sort of narrowed it down to questions that I've asked so far, but there's so much that you, that you teach on there uh, as you take people through this, uh, this journey with the Sabbath. Is there anything else that you're just like, Steve, I want to say this, this one other thing, you know, what do you consider the most important takeaway for our listeners today? Yeah, Sabbath is a lifestyle. It's not a one day a week thing. Uh, it's a reorientation of your life, actually. It's, it's, it's taking, it, for me anyway, it was all about me. Uh, before, when I started taking a Sabbath, now I'm having to readjust my schedule and reorder. Sabbath, it's, it sounds crazy. It's work to Sabbath. You have to arrange and you have to set, set aside lots of little components in your week in order to make 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 that happen uh i use the illustration a lot as as a drum um is a rhythm um in if you in playing a drum and, and if any of your listeners are percussionists i don't mean to offend them but there just isn't much to it you either hit the thing or you don't um and when i look at that but when i go and i go and i go and i go and, and i just keep going and keep going my life just simply becomes noise the difference between music and just simply noise is knowing when to be on and when to be off, when to be engaged, when to be disengaged. Mm. 
And for many of us, our life has become noise. You might need to consider it's because you've not worked any rest and you cannot hear the rhythm. You cannot hear the music that's, that's been going from the beginning of time. When God said you need to take a Sabbath, it's not because he wants to give us one more thing to make us feel like we're failing at. Mm -hmm. Rather, this is who we are. This is how we are made, and the Lord knows that. You want to succeed. You want to thrive. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. If you want to live to that life to the full, we need to follow in Jesus' examples. Be engaged, be disengaged. If you look at throughout his life, he's with the crowd, he's alone. He's with his father. He's all, all throughout the Gospels we read, oh, people want you. Oh, good, let's go someplace else. <laughs> it, it, it's comical, but that's, but that's the thing. I mean, in, do the, the scriptures say that all the sick and demon-possessed came to Jesus, and he healed many. If God himself chooses not to get it all done, we need to be okay with not getting it all done. Mm. And trust that I am a component in what the Lord is doing at work with those around me. It does not rise and fall on me. It is the Lord's, and I am just going to be a, a, a player within the, the orchestra, within the, within the framework of all the others in which he has in place, and when I recognize, when I take my proper place in the kingdom, it makes life flow together and I can live life to the full. Amen. Awesome ending note right there. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, I, want you to, I want you just to pray this uh, for us today. You know, pray the grace of Sabbath into yes. our lives, if you will. Oh, Father, thank you for this amazing gift of Sabbath. Yeah. That the creator, sustainer of the universe wants to spend time with me is mind-boggling. Father, um, forgive us when we struggle, when we struggle to make that time, to find that time. Mm -hmm. And Father, for each one listening to this today, uh, Lord, would you take something in this that we can apply to our lives this day? And uh, Lord, lovingly draw us into a better relationship with you. Father, help us to understand our place where we are, to place you on your throne. Thank you for how you so completely and lovingly restore us and you are making us new. Yes. Uh, and Father, for this gift of Sabbath. Uh, Lord, may you give uh, the men and women on this uh, podcast today the courage to try it, to move forward in it. And Lord, would you bless them for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, John. So My privilege. So great to be with you and uh, so thrilled with what you're doing with this Resiliency podcast. I've, I've been enjoying it myself. Well, listeners, that wraps up another episode of Resiliency. But before I wrap this up completely, I wanted to share with you a review from one of our listeners. Julie writes, I am so thankful for this podcast as a resource to field workers. Our family is in our first term in overseas missions, and the topics addressed have re rewarded us great as we navigate all the first-term stresses and building resiliency. Silas and Steve are so passionate and strategic as they facilitate conversations and topics beneficial to help us succeed in the long run. This is a must-listen to those on the field and also to those who want to support these individuals. Julie, I'm so glad that you find this to be helpful, and uh, that's honestly why we do this. And for the rest of our listeners, please send in your reviews because it honestly does help other people find the podcast more easily. 
And so until next time, thanks for listening to Resiliency. Resiliency.